This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to the weekend edition. It is Saturday, it's the 15th of April 2023. Coming up today, we're into the inbox. And what is the best wireless charger for an iPhone? You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, happy weekend. Happy weekend to you, sir. I've hit myself in the face. <laughs> okay, well, that saved me doing it. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you for being so efficient. Ah, I did a typical, <laughs> typical blind thing for me. A, oh, at hang least. on, was this an EBB? I don't know. Well, I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm just annoyed by it. So can it's we an have ABB. A, an ABB? Yeah, hashtag <laughs> ABB. So a new fridge, right? I'm not used to it. I'm not used to it. That's it. I'm just oh, not comfortable. Okay. Right, you I haven't, haven't got, got used to the the layout yet. I haven't got used to the distances involved. <laughs> it's a different size. Distance right? from what to from, where? From the door to the end of my nose. So I went to, I'm making a cup of tea this morning, walked to the fridge, opened it up to get the milk, and just hit myself directly in the face with the fridge door. It's so weird, right? It's just, it's those moments, because as soon as I get up, I don't think, oh, no, I can't see. I I just, you just do your thing, right? And then you do so loud, you think, oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, Oh, yeah, I I can't see. Yeah. (laughs) I know, it's so funny. I bend down because I dropped the tea towel off the, my shoulder because, you know, I am a professional cook, mm. so I always carry it on my shoulder. And uh, it slipped off my shoulder, bent down to pick it up and hit my forehead off the worktop. So well it's done. one of those where you well just done. think, okay, it, it, it's after me today. I can't get away from it. So, yeah. yeah. Well done me. So if I'm slightly under par today, underperforming, you know, because usually I'm top of my game. That's why. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you believe that, you'll believe anything. <laughs> Well, look, I can I can go with you on this because yesterday I did upset the local bus company. I went out into town and uh, as I was waiting for the bus. Now, I have to say, just to kind of give you some context here, uh, I, I, I hope this translates properly. But we have buses oh, now and we have nervous. coaches. All right. So I don't know if this is the same thing in Canada, right? Because okay. you know, buses, I think, are, are huge over there. Um, but, you know, here you've got like coaches, which are big tall vehicles more uh, luxurious you, more luxurious you step distances. into them you have to steps up to them right yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah. whereas you know a bus you just step on you go in and, and you're on the bus right uh so i'm waiting for the coach and i have it in my head that it's due any minute so you know i hear the rumble of this thing coming up the street uh you know they're, they're obviously louder than your average car so and it's a fairly quiet place i live so you know i can hear it sort of coming at least i think it is and i put yeah. my hand out and oh. I step forward to oh. the cab, and the next minute, whack! <gasps> as the mirror of the bus that stopped <laughs> whacks me in the head, as it no. always does. I don't know what it is. I always end up getting whacked in the head with those mirrors. Why do you step forward towards the curb? Why don't you step back? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think I, I just you have like the impression that I'll not be seen. <laughs> Um, I don't know why I have this thing that they won't notice. How I don't they want to break notice. it to you, Stephen, but you're a big fella. I know, and I'm, and I'm the only person in the street at this point. There's no one else there. It's a quiet village. No one else is there. There's like a woman walking her dog three streets away, you know, no one's going to miss me. But, but yeah, enough, so... as soon as you get hit on the side of the head by a bus's wing mirror, everyone, the street is full. Does everyone look at him YouTubing you? Oh, there you go, right, get the phone out. Uh, but yeah, so I got whacked on the side, and, you know, that's always fun. So got that, and... Um, but then the coach came and it was all fine because obviously the coach is taller, so therefore the mirrors are out the way. Uh, instead, I get hit by the door. Uh, oh, yeah, well done. The door, the door pushes out and then slides open. How close do you get to the side of the curb? Clearly this too is, close. Clearly too close. the side of the windows. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. Hang on the side. Uh, no, it was ridiculous, I know. So this is the silly stuff you do. But again, it's, it's that thing about distance. You don't really kind of gauge no. well anymore what, where mm-hmm. things are. You know, you're kind of going by hearing and yeah. that kind of works just, sometimes. Just feel it. Just the force, basically. Just well, feeling a bus force. as it moves is not a good idea. No, I want no, to just put that out there. Don't do that. Especially with the side of your head. Yeah. That's not a good idea. Or your nose. <laughs> that's, that's not echolocation. That's just, I uh, don't okay. know. What, but yeah. Before we get into it, hello, listeners. How are you doing? Hi. Before we get into it, let me just add this quick uh, hashtag EBB. Oh, go on. We were 
at a friend's house and then we we were leaving and just before we were leaving because it was raining and snowing it was terrible winter all dark and another friend rang and said oh I'm, I'm going past I'll pick you up as I'm going past and take you home great fantastic we didn't have to walk so we go outside our other friend's house and wait on the side of the uh, of the curb there and we wait about five minutes and then a car comes out and obviously we're thinking it's, it was late at night so not many cars anyway this oh, must no. be him oh no and especially as he slows and stops directly in front of us. Oh, no. So this is him. Right, everyone, grab the kids, throw them in the back. Sarah, <laughs> throw her in the back. I jump in the front seat, passenger seat. Sit in there, turn to, <laughs> to look at my mate. How you doing, mate? And there's just utter silence. And then for that, you know, probably only two seconds, you just know, okay, I'm in the wrong car. And then this guy, this voice just says... I just need directions to the, the nearest gas station. <laughs> you should you should, just have, you should have jumped to that moment and been like, yeah, that's fine. That's exactly what we're here for. We help people with directions. That's exactly. our thing. We <laughs> come with service. you. Yeah. In Scotland, and, that's what people do. They just come with you. And I bring my entire family in yeah. your backseat. Oh, it was so awkward. I went, oh, sorry, mate. I was expecting someone else. Everyone out. So we all jumped. <laughs> oh, dear. Nothing oh, worse. It's just, happens. Happens to, I, I've, it's happened to me in taxis. It's happened when cars come to the house. You, you're waiting for a taxi and you go out oh, you think yeah. it's the taxi. And, and they say, what, what What are you doing? Well, it's are because we live, we live in a corner. So we've got, you know, there's two houses sort of just next to us, but around a corner. So cars will stop in front of our house for their house. And, you know, that will happen like someone comes to visit or someone's dropping something off or whatever it might be. And if you think, oh, we'll get a taxi coming, we just walk out and we go to get in the car. And, of course, you know, the amount of times we've just heard laughing from, you know, the neighbours next door. It's become a, it's <sighs> yeah. become a thing now where they just yeah. know we're going to do it. So they just go, Stephen, <laughs> so it's friends not, to stop. not you, you know. <laughs> Which at least is kind they actually tell us, right? <laughs> As opposed to just say, you know, let them get in, the idiots. <laughs> let, let them take you away. Yeah, yeah was- exactly. It's fine. You got to laugh, otherwise you will burst into tears. Uh, listen, I want to get back to the old days. I, I've, so I was in town yesterday, right? And I go in, and you know, I, I really miss. I, maybe it's a thing still in Canada, maybe in the US. I don't know. But here in the UK, there's a real lack of shops these days. There's nowhere to go anymore. And now, I mean, okay, if you want clothes and shoes and stuff and fashion, yes, <laughs> there's tons of places to go. Who wants that? I don't want any of that stuff. But if I, you know, want to go look at CDs, remember the days you could go and you could spend hours going around the CD shops mm-hmm. or you could go mm-hmm. to tech shops. There was loads of tech shops you could go to. Nothing anymore. Yeah. Everything is terrible. Where's Radio Shack? I used to love Radio Shack back yep. in the day. That's Tandies, right. Tandy, we had it here. here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I used to, they, they used to sell like mixing boards for radio. I don't even know, DJs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, loads of kit. I was even thinking yesterday, like if I wanted to go and buy... As I do, I need to buy a couple of XLR cables for this mixer, this mixing console I've got. And I'm thinking, where would I even go and buy them these days? And you know what happens? You end up coming home and you buy it on Amazon. Of course you do. Or other stores are available, allegedly. But let's be honest, you buy it on Amazon. So, you know, that's it. You end up buying this stuff. And, you know, even now, do you do this thing? There must be, there will be a name for this. If there isn't a name for it, there will be. Where you go into a shop and you look at something and the first question you ask yourself is, how much is this on Amazon? Yeah. I don't know what that's called. You even look it up as you're browsing in the shop. Uh, I remember being thrown out of a shop, but not long, uh, not, I don't know how long Amazon had been going by that point, but there was, it was starting to become a thing. It was in the news that people were doing this. Yes. And yeah, shops used to throw you out. Over here, they'd say, you know, you don't do that in here. And I think, well, I don't know. so. But I'm also thinking, well, all I'm going to do is do the same thing outside. It's not like you're going to stop me doing oh, it. In fact, a, you throwing me out the shop is making me more likely <laughs> never to buy from you ever again. Well, it brings us on to the death of the high street argument. And again, I just think, well, we've decided ourselves. We find it more yeah, convenient to do it all I online. I actually think it's more, I think it's worse than that. Because you go into some stores... And we have a shop over in the UK called Argos. It's been around forever. And you, do you remember? You might even remember years back we had Index, which yes, was the other right. catalogue shop. And that's what it was. It was a, a catalogue shop where, for up until maybe a couple of years ago, and I guess the pandemic put heed to this, was you could go in and you literally had a shop. I don't know if this exists anywhere else in the world, and I can't imagine this model existing in 2023, but it does. Where you would come in and instead of actual products in store. 
It's just a bunch of desks with catalogs on them. And the yep. catalogs would sit there and you would, you know, actual paper catalogs, you would go through them, you would yes. pick the item you want, you would have a piece of paper and a pencil, pencils always get stolen, and oh, by other people, obviously, I personally would never that, do yeah, such of a course. thing. Yeah. Uh, what I want a pencil for. I had, so I had someone else to write the number. Mind you, I had, to have, had someone else to read the book as well because the text was so small. <laughs> but, you know, you you go and you would you would find what you want. You would write down the six-digit number. You would take the piece of paper to a cashier. They would tell you how much to pay, to pay for the item. And then you would go to another desk where it was like the world's worst bingo game where yes. all you won was what you bought. Number 726, please. Congratulations, you've won a keyboard. Desk F. You've paid for it. You can have it. You can, yeah. yeah, exactly. Now you can have, had to come down a big conveyor belt. It was ridiculous. It was a bizarre store in the world. And they're uh, and still, still there going. now. Yes. Of course, they've changed it all to iPads now. Uh, yeah, but it's still it's not accessible. Touchscreen kiosks, yeah, yeah, still not, not accessible. But you know what their main use is now is for the same-day delivery warehouses for Amazon. <laughs> yes, that's and what eBay. they do now. eBay that's their well. biggest, yeah, they, and eBay, yeah, that's their biggest drawer. No one, no one goes out there anymore. But the, the biggest issue I had with that, and, and it kind of brings us back to this point about online with for everything, is that I go into the store one day thinking to myself, you know what, I want to support these stores. I want to actually buy from a store. So I go in and I say to the person, "Hey, look, you know, I'd like to buy this. Oh, actually, yeah, you have to buy that online." Because all that stuff's online. Oh, wow. And you yes. just think, well, why, why are you even here? What's the point? If I could, so you're telling me that I could buy something today from this store and I could take it home, but then I'd have to carry it home. Or I could just have stayed at home and bought all the things I want and been charged one delivery fee, if even there is a fee, and I get it home and I don't have to leave the, the front door, but I still buy from you. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't think it helps jobs either when when this this kind of approach happens. But I will say, the last time I was in Canada, um, well, well, actually, no, was I? Yeah, no, the last time I was in Canada before we, we were there last year for Regina. But previous to that, um, when I was in Toronto in 2019, I remember thinking, wow, how many shops are still alive and well in Canada? I was at the Eaton Centre in Toronto, which is a huge shopping centre. Eaton. And... Eaton. He's, I, I, eat, I did eat in there uh, at Eaton. Uh, but yeah, it's a great shop. It's a great shopping mall. Huge. It's like five floors. It's ridiculous size. And it's, you know, every single bit is full of shops, which is kind of unusual over here because you have the same size of malls, but most of them are empty. Well, it depends. You still have the, the massive ones, right? Here in Manchester, we have the massive shopping malls, Trafford Centre, things like that. They're huge, and they have cinemas and restaurants and even nightclubs in them, you know? Yeah, that's true. And yeah. lots of shops. But the ones in my local town or city or village are just all boarded up, yeah. all the shopping malls. There's nothing there. It, it has changed. The landscape now is socialising cafes and restaurants and cinemas again but um as for shopping in the in a small town center no forget it and it's a shame as well because obviously you're never going to get a pop-up shop on any level for the kind of stuff we would be wanting to buy i mean you're never going to find a braille pop-up shop you know well which is a shame. we should start that the double tap pop-up oh no that's too the difficult double tap pop-up shop I, I can't even <laughs> begin to imagine trying to say that on a daily basis especially welcome to imagine yeah, trying no, to answer the call to that hello double tap pop-up shop <laughs> Oh, that's it kind of works, actually. That, that <laughs> might work. Get that trademark. Um, but no, I, I just think it's a shame. And then, you know, I come home, and this morning, before we start the show, I uh, had to restart my computer. There was a, uh, just, you know, it was acting up, so I thought, I'll give the PC. It was a PC, by the way, not the Mac. The Mac pff, ah, of course. lives forever. It doesn't care yeah. less. Uh, it that's just laughs at the PC. That's all it does. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's why it's also happy. Uh, but yeah, so the PC is upset. It's not not happy about something. So restarted it, and I got an error. So I had to shut the whole thing down and start up again. I don't know what had happened to it, but it's fine now. But I started it back up, and then I also began to feel a bit old with this machine because it started up in like three seconds. I was at the login screen like three seconds in, and I thought, do you remember the days? When you'd start up a computer and then you'd go make a cup of tea and you'd come yeah. back and it was kind of still thinking about it. It was maybe starting up. It was maybe kind of yawning and stretching and kind of like, <laughs> oh, what day is it? 
you could even be on the desktop in Windows and still not actually do anything. Exactly. That's right. You could log in. Chugging away. Well, what would happen is you would get the tea, right? You would make your cup of tea and you would log in and then you would go off and maybe get a biscuit to have with your tea. And by the time you came back, the computer was kind of functional. You're absolutely right. You know what? The state of my physical body right now is purely down to Microsoft. How dare they? Or maybe um, IBM. Well, I don't know. I think we should get back to that. I think that should be an option in Windows 11. Slow boot. Yeah. I think (laughs) Windows 12, when it comes out, should have slow boot as an option. I think that would be... Do you know what a cool feature to bring back? So I don't want my computer to start up in six seconds. I kind of like it taking its time and thinking about it. You know, once it's up and running... Now, here's the thing. Very clear about this. Once it's up and running... I want it to fly like a 747 through a clear sky, right? Yes, yes. But when it's but in the startup process, I yeah. want it to run slow. I want to have coffee making time. I want to be able to have a biscuit with my tea yeah, and maybe even be sort of, you know, mid-munch when it becomes functional. Mid-munch, okay. That's com. the level okay. I'm at. <laughs> if Microsoft need so, a beta tester for this, yeah. I'm happy to help, okay? So instead of boot up, we have brew up. Okay, yeah, that's that's Microsoft Brew. There's a thing for you. Um, Okay, well, that's crazy talk. Let's just ignore all of that. I think that's a brilliant idea. Slow Far better now. Okay. I'm sure there's a plug-in for that. There's got to be a a third-party app that does that. Swap out your SSD for an old Western Digital HDD (laughs) mechanical, and you'll you'll be laughing. That's true. That is true. Um, Listen, while I was out yesterday, uh, I was thinking about buying a wireless charger because I've got my iPhone and I bought one of these, um, how can I put this? Let's just call it a no-name brand. Because in fairness, even if I did know the name, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. Uh, (laughs) But it was one of those no-name brands on Amazon. And there's a lot of these. And you've got to be a little bit careful about what you're buying. And I know Amazon are clamping down on a lot of this stuff uh, because uh, there were tons and tons of products that flooded the market, I guess, when, when Marketplace became a thing on Amazon and, and third-party vendors could start to sell their products. And that was getting mixed into the results along with all the other, let's just say, slightly more credible brands. Yes. And, um, you know, as a result of that, you were getting these products, which seemed like almost exactly the same in some cases as other products that were out there, or at least similar functionality or even more functionality. So this one particular wireless charger that I bought, which cost me like $40, was... Uh, a wireless charger unit for uh, Apple iPhone, Apple Watch, and AirPods, but it had also an additional USB power output, so USB-A slot on the back, so you could plug in something else, like an iPad or nice. even another, it's an Android device or whatever you wanted, right? USB-C. That sounds, a, that sounds like your all-in-one charging station for all your needs. Yeah, MagSafe as well. So it had MagSafe charging for the iPhone. It had I'm the available little... for adverts if anyone's listening. No one's going to buy that. Okay, uh, and then you've got the little Apple Watch standy bit as well. It's a technical standy term. bit. Standy Stephen bit. isn't available for reference. I'm not available for that. Yeah, I'll have to provide a script if you're going to do that. <laughs> uh, I'll do the voice, but not anything else. Uh, and then at the bottom, there's a charging pad. And uh, charging pads, uh, this was my thing, right? I, for a long time, I was really excited about charging pads. And I thought, you know what, the MagSafe thing, yeah, okay, whatever. And you know I've been going back and forward between the iPhone SE the iPhone 13 mini, then I yes. tried the 14 and all the rest. I've been bouncing around all these different devices and settled eventually on the iPhone 13 mini for one simple reason, MagSafe. I love MagSafe. And I have to say, if the SE had MagSafe in it, and I think I've said this before, if the SE had MagSafe in it, I'd switch over because I love the Touch ID. But as much as I love Touch ID, I prefer MagSafe, and that's where I landed. Uh, and so that's why I, I bought this. Uh, unfortunately, um, it's fallen to bits. Literally, the MagSafe was so strong that when I pulled the phone off it, the entire MagSafe connector came with it, which is not ideal, right? No, it isn't. No, not great. I'll give you. But how much? Because that sounds very much to me like my go-to, I think, the benchmark when it comes to charging stations, the Belkin, is it Boost Pro? Yes, that's right. Yeah, which is a fantastic bit of kit. I absolutely love it. You can put your uh, iPhone on it, your Apple Watch, and as you said at the base, there's a wireless charging dip for your AirPods. It says, but I charge everything on it with Qi charging. Uh, absolutely fantastic. But man, is that thing expensive? 
It is expensive for what it is. And, and don't get me wrong, it is brilliant. I think the problem is, though, we say it's expensive. Well, because it is. But also because we see so many cheap alternatives out there. And it's the cheap alternatives I'm a bit worried about because, you know, they are there are many, many of them. And I think when it comes to charging, I've heard so many horror stories of chargers blowing up or units just, you know, stopping working or even worse, going on fire. Yeah. But it makes me really nervous not to, you know, when I'm thinking about something like a charging unit, I think I'd rather spend the money on products and at least brands that I know. So Belkin, I trust. Yep, absolutely. Anchor. Anchor's um, good. That Ugreen, I mean, that Ugreen one that you've yeah. got and I've got, the, the, the one we, it's like a square box. It's almost like an Apple TV size. It's like a rock. That thing is oh, so is. heavy. Yeah. And it's it's got the two USB-As, it's got the four USB-Cs, it runs up to 200 watts of power on it. You could charge two laptops, you could charge everything on it, really. You could just, you could have one of those, I've thought about this, char- just I put everything on the desk into this. Yeah, I've done exactly that in here, in the shed. I, had, I was running two laptops and, um, you know, my phone charger and whatever else, a micro USB for anything else. And all running off the one uh, Ugreen 200 hub. And it, it was no problem at all. Wow. And of course, the great thing with laptops is, you know, if the power dips for whatever reason, it doesn't matter, right? You've, it's still functional. Yeah, the battery's still fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it comes to that question of, you know, whether you prefer the pad, because obviously the pads you can pick up fairly cheaply. Often they don't need to have a power brick. They can run off USB-C. You could just even plug it straight into a computer and get the charge. I think you could maybe do that with some of these other ones. But most of the ones I've seen with MagSafe require you to have a power brick rather than a USB-C option. Um, not all of them, but, but most of them, I think. Uh, but I, I guess the question is, you know, the MagSafe thing. Because, you know, I think MagSafe is the blind-friendly charger. You know, as, oh, I, as totally I, used to talk, I used to talk about the iPhone SE as being the blind iPhone. I, I think that the MagSafe is the blind charger. Yeah. No, it is. I, you know what? I, and when they first unveiled it, I thought, well, that seems a little bit weird. I can't actually see the use case for that. But when you actually use it, Absolutely. The the amount of times I pick my phone up from my bedside cabinet after being just on a, a normal uh, Qi wireless charging mat and found that I hadn't placed it absolutely correctly and it hadn't charged. Mm-hmm. I've done that so many times. And with MagSafe, I just hover my phone over it and the, the disc actually jumps up and snaps onto the back of my phone. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, you know, it's idiot proof, as, as I've proved. So, yeah, I totally agree. Well, that's the that's the joy, right? So if you've got one of those which is lying flat on the desk, all you have to do is get the phone within the vicinity of it and it'll snap on. So you don't have to go and look for it. And you don't have to wait for it. I mean, the amount of times if, I've, if my phone's been on silent and I've put it down on one of those pads and you're moving it around and you think, oh, hang on, is my haptics turned on? Is it charging? Is it not charging? It's not giving me any feedback. Oh, hang on, it's on mute. I have to unmute it to make sure yes, I hear the yes, sound. That's and right. then sometimes you've got to take it off for a few seconds just to you know, disconnect the two, right, okay, try again. And it's just a nuisance. Whereas with a MagSafe, I bought one, uh, a travel charging unit, which is actually really clever the way it's designed. You know, it's one of those things that's, it's kind of, you think it's going to fall to bits because of the way it's built. You felt this fabric. It's almost like a, um, I don't want to say microfiber, but it's... It's like felt. Exactly, it's a felt. That's exactly (laughs) it, felt. And it's got this little felt bag. It's all a little bit, hmm. but yeah, whatever. So, you know, I'd, I'd never get it wet because it'll just be destroyed, I think. It'll just dissolve, yeah. Yeah, but you know, you've got this little thing and it kind of folds into itself. So you fold it out and you've got three compartments. You've got MagSafe for the iPhone. You've got a, a, a little bit that pops up and you can wrap the watch around it. And you've got an area for the AirPods as well. And that all plugs in just by USB-C. So you could plug that into your... Um, Ugreen there with the USB-C charging unit. You could plug that straight in. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Cool. I, I, you like that idea, don't you? I don't know. Well, I'm just not a fan of that form factor. I'm going to say I, I, I get it <laughs> for traveling, being able to wrap it up. But no, no, no. I want something solid when I'm charged. I want something for the bedside um, table or the coffee table next to the city. That's the time where I'm usually charging something. Uh, you travel more than I do, though, so you'll find this more useful. Well, I mean, it's it's a good option. I I do also have the one. I gave it to my wife actually. She's she's got it at the moment, but the one that the Apple one, which you you know essentially when it snaps shut. I mean, this thing snaps shut. You wouldn't going to get your hand in there uh, because it really does snap with a you know 
Lose proper. your fingers. Yeah. Yes. And you open it up, and this is for the um, Apple iPhone and Watch, I think. Yeah, just for the two. Which, you know, you think to yourself, hang on, this other one's got the, the AirPods in there as well, which is perfect on the move. Yes. Just brilliant on the move. And the USB aspect means it's fairly international. So, yeah, I love it. So, yeah, we should put some links on our show notes. I mean, we never will, but we should Someone put should. some links. Somebody yeah. should definitely somebody, do that. If some professionals are out there that could put the links in the show notes for us. If somebody knows how to, you know, copy a link and paste it, yeah. then, you know, you could be a superstar in this show. The terrible um, thing is we do know we're just far too lazy to actually do it. Shocking, isn't it? I but know. We, we, we should actually, because the Belkin uh, Boost Pro, as you're mentioning, that is a fantastic three-in-one charging solution Amazing. for the iPhone, yeah. for the watch, and for the AirPods, or like you say, for anything else. And if you have got an iPhone SE as well, or an Android phone, you could put that on there. Yeah. Um, although I think it does depend. I, I found some of the bigger, because the way that it's, li- it's built and then the, the little um, stick that comes out the top, or, or mm-hmm. from the back, I should say, that kind of comes up, the little arm that comes up that holds the phone and the watch, it means you can't have a big phone on there. I don't think it would fit. I don't think it would fit on the charging unit. Well, it's, it's quite big, and the actual charging coil that's embedded in there somewhere does seem to be quite large. Right. I, I charge my iPhone 11 on there and the Samsung S21, and I don't have any problems at all. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. I take it all back. Uh, let me just say that as well. On my Pixel, what is it, 5 or 6 I've got here, that actually works on my MagSafe little disc I've got on the desk. I mean, it, it snaps to it. All right, well. Wow. And it's to the right place as well. Now, it's not. You know, a solid connection, but what I'm saying is I can hover that over and it sticks to it and it's in the right position as well. I, I don't know, you know if that's intentional or, or what that's about, but um, yeah, some Android phones do work with the MagSafe as well. It's because the magnets are just there for the positioning. It's nothing to do with it. After that, it's just the normal wireless charging, the Qi charging. The MagSafe aspect is just there, so it's always correctly positioned. And uh, yeah, it does work with my Pixel as well. Well, that little felt charging mat thing that I've got that all folds up, I think it's Mophie, M-O-P-H-I-E. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I think it's that. It was either that or Nomad. I know there's N-O-M-E-D. Nomad and, and Mophie, they are very high-end brands, I think, when it comes to iPhone accessories. At least what, what that means is they cost a lot of money. Uh, some of the Nomad stuff is really nice, but it's quite expensive. The Mophie stuff is kind of... A little bit. I mean, what what is affordable, right? If you can afford it, it's affordable, I guess, is the way to look at it. Uh, but <laughs> yes. you know, I, I mean, I, I was on the store yesterday in the Apple Store, and they had like um, they had a Mophie portable charger. So this thing had like ten thousand milliamps power in it uh, as a battery charger, portable, but it also had a little kickstand as well. So you could have the the phone connected on MagSafe and actually sit it up in front of you. So if you were on a train, for example, and you wanted the phone to be used whilst you were charging it with your portable powery bank to to watch it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, quite clever, actually, in design. Not that I care. That's the problem, you know. No, but (laughs) actually... I don't care about that anymore. I've got a little shelf above our bed, just a a tiny little shelf, and it makes... If I put the disc down flat, it just sort of overshoots. It's Mm. it's that small. But if I put the kickstand up and, and stand the phone up, then it fits perfectly on there. Oh, so it's, like a, it's like a photo frame in the sky. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> until, but, a, until a truck goes by the house. And it shakes off. lands <laughs> on your head. <laughs> uh, right, look, stick around. We'll come back and talk more about uh, some of the emails you've been sending and lots of you feeding back. So uh, we shall uh, get into that next here on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Well, we're relaxing this weekend. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm chilling out this weekend. It's kind of, you know, after the Easter thing and all that, you know, it's, it's no chocolate left. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> After the long Easter break, you need to chill out with the following weekend. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were but busy eating chocolate then, obviously. I find when I go on holiday, I come home and I have to have another week's holiday just to get over the holiday. Yeah, of course. It's exhausting. It is. <laughs> I can My get life's to that on holiday. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get into that today. But yeah, I had that feeling yesterday of just complete sheer exhaustion, and all I did was go into town for like you know a couple of hours. And you just realise the amount of concentration that you I'm have to you. do. 
Yes, it's hard work, constantly thinking where I'm heading, what's around me, and then listening. It, it's it's exhausting. There, I've said it. It is. It is. Um, right, look, let's get into some feedback because so we get lots and lots of people getting in touch with us, as uh, you do, and we really, we really appreciate it. Let's start with an email uh, from Camille. I thought I would follow up on the topic of Fire Stick versus Apple TV that was mentioned on Monday's episode. I not long ago purchased the Fire Stick because my brother was happy with his and it is cheaper than the Apple TV. I had no trouble installing VoiceView once I found out how to get it done. Thanks, YouTube. Downloading the streaming apps and installing them was easy, so I proceeded with Netflix, CBC Gem and ICI Toot TV from Radio Canada's streaming app. While the CBC Gem app was totally accessible, the ICI Toot.TV was not at all. CBC and Radio Canada are the Canadian Crown Corporation that provides Canadians with all kinds of programming, I suppose similar to BBC. Recently, Radio Canada offered to air AMI teleprogramming on their ICI2.tv streaming service. Being that ICI2.tv is totally unaccessible, I contacted Radio Canada. I explained that while the CBC Gem app was accessible, the ICI2.tv app was not They emailed me explaining how to configure VoiceView, even though I had told them that CBC Gem was accessible. I contacted them again, only to be emailed back to evaluate their customer service. I know that we cannot expect everything to be perfect, but being that this is a crown corporation with thousands of employees, I was expecting better. Maybe Mr F has some connections at CBC to get this service accessible. Thanks, Miss Laura, for reading my emails and sorry about the French content. Yesterday, a friend of the Double Tap show made the news, well, New Brunswick news. When the show was aired weekly, Philip Bouchard would call in and tell you about his musical talents. Well, apparently he will be on TV playing some tunes. Camille from Regina, Saskatchewan. Hey, Philip's getting on the telly. Oh, we know a celebrity. Yes, or he knows us. Oh, well, yeah. Whatever yeah, we right. you want to look at it. Doesn't quite work. No, probably not. Yeah. Uh, are we getting on TV to sing tunes? We could do that, couldn't we? My no, old man's we... a dustman. He's a hell of a... Yeah, obviously no. we can. Congratulations, Philip. Uh, that, that sounds really cool. And, um, yeah, that's a shame about that app, though, not being accessible. And it's so it's almost... If a company is small enough... You know, sometimes you feel, well, okay, maybe they haven't got the development team there um, to to implement accessibility. But on the flip side of that, if a company's too big, you think, is anyone actually taking notice of what I'm saying? Is my information or what I'm feeding back getting to anyone who can make a change? You know, it's always so tricky, but you're absolutely right. I I, I don't know that app, obviously, but... um, yeah, that does seem a real shame, especially yeah, the shame. response you got. Yeah, you know, if AMI Telly content is going to be on there, you, obviously that should be accessible. That I mean, it's almost you got. I guess the upside is you're going to find out very quickly from a lot of people that it's not accessible. Yes. So you know, there'll be a lot of feedback about that, which is good. Um, good to hear it. CBC Gem is accessible because Double Tap TV is on there. You know, selfishly, I you know, I'm kind of like you know. Oh, yeah, that's good. So, you know, as, as long as, as you know, Double Tap TV is all right, we're fine. Uh, but yes, of course, lots of EMI shows are actually on CBC Gem as well, which is fantastic. So good to see that that's available on the Fire Stick. That's brilliant, actually. Um, but yeah, this is this is just an ongoing problem, isn't it? And, you know, it's a little bit whack-a-mole because, of course, the problem is as soon as the app is fixed, which I'm sure it will be eventually, if not soon, you know, one update can come along and break it again. Because it's not, it's clearly not at the forefront of their minds when they're no, developing right. the app. You know, that's yeah. clear because it's not accessible. So yeah, yeah that's not send, that's not right. To reply in the email and give you configuration details of VoiceView. I mean, okay, well, if you know how to configure a VoiceView, how how is your app totally it's just, inaccessible? It's just lack of understanding, Sean. I've, I called the BBC once and I said there was no audio description on a show, and they said, "Oh, but the subtitles." You could use the subtitles, and I said, oh, well, yeah. what, "What am I going to get from subtitles? Yeah. Please, please just explain the this." Screen. You can, you know, move. Yeah, exactly. Just get, just, get, uh, just get just get CNI to read along. Yeah, <laughs> I tried that once. I actually tried that once with a movie. I was really, really keen to see this movie. I think it was Parasite. Everyone was talking about Parasite, and I thought oh, I yeah. really want to, you know, get a sense of this. So I tried it, watching it with CNI, and it was awful. Of course, it you was. can actually you can get on the Apple TV. This is weird; it's a weird feature, and it kind of works. You can actually get voiceover to read the subtitles out loud. Yes, it does. Yeah, and on the iPhone. 
Yes. It's actually in the rotor. If you're watching some sort of show, if you go through your rotor options, I think it's called media description. And you can choose whether the subtitles are read out or not by voiceover. I must admit, it always catches me by surprise when voiceover suddenly chimes in and starts mm. reading subtitles out in a, you know, in a show that I'm watching. But, hey, it's a cool feature to have. It feels like it's a great substitute, but it's also not a great substitute, you know? Um, I mean, this is where I think that, you know, when you have... Sh- I mean, I remember when Squid Game came along, and although people didn't like the English interpretation of it very much because they thought the acting wasn't as good... Um, it was terrible. It, it wasn't great. But look, it gave us the story. We wouldn't never yeah, yeah, have been yeah. able to. And that's, the, these are moments where, you know, if you're in an office, and I, I must admit, you know, when I worked in the office with RNIB, I used to oh. hate going in. Oh, the old days. I used to, I used to hate More going retro. in. Yeah, that's right. I used to hate going in and people talking about a movie or show that I would love to watch. It's different if they're talking about Star Wars or something. I could not care less. No, the pedal bin talks to a robot or whatever it is. It's I can't not a pedal be, bin. It's, it's, it's a pedal bin talking to a tinfoil robot. It's a lot of nonsense. And there's something about a starship. Is that something else? I get mixed up. But anyway, so the <sighs> someone's someone's father. All right, stop it now. Move on. Yes, someone's called Luke. I don't know. So anyway, this is all fine. But you know, someone's talking about something I actually want to watch. And you can't contribute. And they know you would watch it. They'd be like, oh, you'd love this. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'd love to. And then you have to say that phrase. Oh, yeah, I can't watch it because it doesn't have audio description. And it's almost like the air is going out of the room as I'm yeah. saying it. You know, so That's like, it. Oh, you're such a killjoy, Stephen, yeah. honestly. And that's that's not probably the way they think about it. They're probably thinking, that's a shame because he quite enjoy that. Whereas I'm thinking, I've just sucked all the air out of this room. <laughs> Breaking Bad, 10 years before yeah. it got AD. Ten years, well, eight or ten years, I actually can't remember now. But either way, Too it long. was well past. <laughs> yes, that's right. And then suddenly I'm all, have you watched Breaking Bad? This is amazing. Yeah, we watched it ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, okay, fair enough then. <laughs> so someone turned around to you now and saying, have you seen Lost? It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, just just keep watching to the end. Good luck. Um, okay, let's get another email. Thank you, uh, Camille, for that email. Uh, also, uh, Elliot gets in touch on a similar topic. Hi, all. Having raised the question of which streaming device is most accessible, Apple TV, Fire Stick, and I forgot to mention the Google Chromecast, I was wondering what people thought about TV accessibility. I'm considering buying a Sony TV, which I know has a screen reader and talkback, but it's very hard to find any further information, such as which inbuilt streaming apps work with them. I have contacted Sony through Be My Eyes and am waiting to hear back. On my current Samsung TV, Voice Guide makes some apps accessible, such as Netflix, Disney+, Amazon Prime and Apple TV, but other apps, such as BBC iPlayer, are not. LG has audio guidance, but I'm not sure which apps this supports. As discussed on your show previously, it's very hard to find this information online, as if you Google anything about voice guidance, normally the only results you get are about how to turn it off. Elliot mm. from Cloudy <laughs> Pool. Oh, Cloudy Pool today. Oh, well, that was when he sent the emails. Maybe sunny now. It's boiling right now. Thank you, Elliot. And it's a fantastic point. You're absolutely right. I, I think, actually, this takes us nicely back to how we started the show with uh, bricks and mortar versus online, because mm. really it's really difficult to get that information. Um, you need to get hands-on with this. You need to get to the smart side, you know, open up Netflix or what other streaming smart TV app is on there and, and just test it out. And what's the best way to do that? I mean, going to the store, sometimes you'll get an assistant that just is so... I'm going to use the word ignorant. I don't mean that in a bad way. just doesn't know about accessibility, that it becomes a chore to actually deal with them. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm actually a fan of buying something online, testing it, and then just sending it back if it's not for me. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've got the resource to do that, right? If you've got money to, to do that, then that's fine. Oh, um, there's always the um, yeah easy pay option. That's why I always go for it. Credit cards. Yeah, I mean, if you've got a credit card, you could stick it in the card and then send it back if you don't want it. If you do want it, I mean, obviously you want to buy a TV. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to keep the one you like. But, but the trouble is, I don't think you're ever going to get, um, yes, this is accessible, our apps are accessible, because, as you said, the apps will change. You know, I've had a lot of luck with my Samsung. You know, Netflix is accessible, Disney+, Plus, um, all, all the major streaming ones over here are accessible. But there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. And they're not even a great uh, – Amazon uh, – no, sorry, Netflix on my Samsung TV is accessible, but it is so slow – it's a mm. nightmare to use it. Just switching between what the next show is, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's painful. So I don't use it, but it is accessible. 
I think there's a number of things here. Picking the right TV is very difficult. It really is because, you know, yes, a lot of them do now have voice guidance in them. But I don't think that, to me, that feels a little bit like a tick box exercise on the parts of these companies because that's really as far as it goes. Yes, they've they've implemented voice guidance so that you can navigate the menus. You can navigate, for example, the electronic program guide so that if you're watching with the inbuilt antenna, you can then use you know, the TV fully. You could, I guess, record shows on that if you had a hard drive connected, although they never tell you that. Uh, you got to buy an extra thing. Um, and I don't think a lot of people even fully understand how that works, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, okay, so you've got that. You've got the, the built-in TV guide. You can watch content from that. You can you can browse it. And that will be accessible on the Sonys, the LGs, the Samsungs, all of that stuff. But it is the third-party apps most people are interested in, especially if, for example, you have a cable box or a satellite box. You're going to plug that in, and then you're never going to use the internal parts of the, the unit. I mean, you might muck around with the settings from time to time, but that's it. So really, the voice guidance only extends that far. And then on the third-party apps front, that can be a real mix. I mean, we've just heard from Camille there talking about the issues he's had with specific apps on the Fire TV stick. Those issues will go along with the challenges on the TV as well, if the apps yep. are available on there. Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. The cable box is a, a whole new issue. I mean, I, I don't know because I don't use one. Um, so the, the TV accessibility is all I'm concerned about. But if your main provider is through cable, then, you know, the cable box accessibility situation is even worse, as far as I understand. Yeah, well, it seems so, like Comcast has done some work in the US. They've done work to make their box accessible. That, because it's the same company in the UK, yes. owns uh, our satellite company, uh, Sky. It's you know, it means that the boxes here have become accessible, but there is an issue with all these things, and that is progress, right? So what happens is that the, it seems to me that the voice guidance is built in, and then it's left, and it feels like it's being left to language. I don't hear much about updates or progress or change, and I mean, I literally don't hear a change. You know, voice guidance, for example, on the Skybox, and here's an, now this is very specific to the UK, but, you know, it gives you an example of what I'm talking about. In, in the UK, we have Sky TV, which is delivered over a satellite, and you have these boxes called Sky Q boxes, right, which are similar to the Comcast Infinity boxes that you get in the States. And this is where you get, you know, a mixture of content coming from satellite and also through the internet. And it's a newer version of Sky, okay, so it's an upgraded version of it. They've put voice guidance on just these boxes alone, and that's good. But there are many areas where the system just doesn't function. So, for example, let's say I want to check what's coming up in my scheduled recordings. Maybe I'm maybe I'm recording something. I want to take it out of the list. So I go to Bill Maher's show that I watch every week, Real Time with Bill Maher. So I go to that, and I'm trying to get to that to delete it. I go into the scheduled area, and it says, this area it does not work with voice guidance. Okay, well, at great. least it tells you. That's well, nice. I was going to say, is that good or is that a bad? The inaccessibility the, is accessible. The inaccessibility <laughs> is announced um, as we go along. Yes, that's good, but it's also not good because I still want to get in there. And when it gets to third-party apps, it doesn't work with any of the third-party apps that are on the that's system. Terrible. It does have all the apps on there that you would expect because they've done partnerships with everyone, but the apps themselves do not work with the voice guidance. And, you know, oftentimes the response from these companies is the same. The response is, well, we're responsible for the Sony, the LG, the Samsung, the Sky, the whatever it is, experience that world, that bubble on its own. Everything beyond that, that third-party world, is down to them. And there's a bit of a lack of responsibility here in joining the two up. And that is, I think, where we're at this, this point where someone needs to say, look, Anybody who produces a TV or a stick or a, a set-top box, whatever it might be, you're responsible for everything on that. Everything. Yeah. Because if that app is coming through your system, it is up to you to make sure it's accessible. I mean, it wouldn't be appropriate if the app didn't work at all, right? If you clicked on the app and it didn't work at all, yeah, someone would right. be saying, well, hang on, this is ridiculous. Why is it's this not, not working? Problem, mate. And who would you call? You yeah. wouldn't call Netflix, would you? You'd or you wouldn't call Amazon Prime, or you wouldn't call Disney. You would call the provider of the set-top box or the television, and you'd say, "This doesn't work on my television." And you know what? I bet they'd fix it. But when it comes to accessibility, don't have a clue. Not my department. 
Yeah, and this is a preach real it, brother. Problem. Absolutely right. It really, no, you... it really annoys me because it's 2023. Every computer is fully accessible, out of the box, no extra features, no Ooh, extra cost, right? Steady now. Every computer. Um, smartphones, fully accessible. TVs, it feels like it's the 1980s. Yeah, and it's the pace, right? Like you said, uh, okay, we can understand you rolled out your first stab of accessibility and there's some areas that still need work. When it, When is that going to get fixed? Or have you now just, well, we've done our bit, you know, it's kind of accessible. That's how it feels. It, yeah, exactly right. The pace of it is just so painfully slow. It's not good enough. You know, I mean, the, the Elliot's in a position where he wants to buy a TV. He wants to spend his money, but he wants to spend it on something that's going to give him, you know, all the all the things he wants. Elliot, can I tell you that the best thing you could do is buy the cheapest TV on the market from T- TCL or Hisense or any of these other brands that don't that's necessarily have a lot of... Well, don't buy Hisense. It, it hits you. My fridge I just bought is Hisense. Oh, but yeah, that's because you're an idiot, though. Uh, all right. That's got okay. nothing to do with the company. It's very accessible. I just want to say Hisense is a great brand and doesn't hit you in the face, just for just for the legal <laughs> department on that one. Um, but yeah, so t- if a TV does hit you in the face, it's because you haven't installed it on the wall properly. Um, but, you know, Hisense, TCL, these televisions, they are good TVs. I've got Hisense, actually, and it is a brilliant television. No smart features at all, I can tell. I don't care because I'm going to plug in an Apple TV. And why? Because the Apple TV is the most accessible and only accessible smart set top box on the planet, which is why as much as I love it, I really worry about Apple TV because it seems they're very keen at Apple to move into putting their apps into televisions. And if they do that and they want to move away from the hardware, then we lose a great product. So if you've got an Apple TV, hold on to it. Make sure it keeps getting updated. That's why I tend to buy a new one every so often, because I think at least keep with the latest one, because if they do decide to kill it, then I don't lose out. I've got it for a few years. But, you know, that is one area where I think, you know, Apple has just excelled at this. And unfortunately, the media world, the media landscape, is just not followed. The, The industry has just not followed them. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same old argument we've had time and time again, but it's, it's just good so, enough, so frustrating. And even just getting the information, you know, let, let's get the information that, you know what, no, it's not accessible, or yes, it is. That's Even just that simple thing is impossible. Well, not impossible, but incredibly hard. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Elliot, thank, you, thank you for the email, though, because that, yes. that, I'm glad we had that conversation today. I feel better. Uh, I want to get one more uh, message in. This is from Derry. Again, I should say this, our wonderful Laura reads the emails. Here's uh, Derry's email. Hi, Stephen and Sean. Love the show. Just thought mm. I would come in here yesterday or a few days now. You said you signed up to Castro. Well, Mm. it was once my favourite podcast app of choice, but lately I've decided to stop the payment for it because I think they've broken the accessibility of it a bit. Uh You can sideload stuff from YouTube, which is great, but recently playing or finding the podcasts from your inbox is more difficult. Maybe, Stephen, you can help there as a new way of getting around the app? Keep up the super work. Derry from Ireland. Oh, thank you, Derry. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, interestingly, with the inbox, it kind of does a little bit of curation on its own. So by the time... Uh, I had bought the app and downloaded it and started loading in my feeds. It wasn't doing anything. I wasn't using the inbox. You're absolutely right. The inbox part isn't working. So here's the thing. I'm using my Bluetooth keyboard to navigate the phone, right? So I'm arrowing around and I'm I'm aware of there being content in the list because if I tap on the screen, it starts reading out podcast information. But as I'm arrowing around, it's not reading any of that information. It's as if it's completely ignoring the list of content there so it's like there's a list of content in around all the buttons and all the the action points you would find on the screen it's just basically when you arrow around the screen or you swipe around the screen it just ignores that list the only way to get to the content in the inbox is to actually tap in the center of the screen and that will put you in the list and then you can swipe in and out of that that list which is kind of weird so yeah there's, there's a few issues there at the moment feedback yeah, but you know what? It's, overall, it's a good app. The side loads thing, though, Derry, maybe you can explain this better. I cannot understand what this does. The, the, there, there doesn't seem to be any kind of instruction as to what you do with side loading. Secret. It just tells you it's there, but it doesn't seem to do anything. So is that a feature that's not functioning anymore? Maybe since well, the you've term side loading is a little confusing to me because obviously that's something we refer to when you're installing an app, not through an app store. Um, you side load it, uh, but. 
I think I'm in guess- this context, it's more about the you know, grabbing see, a, you a YouTube feed, video, sure. Yeah, or a feed of of content that isn't perhaps an R, maybe it's an RSS feed rather than a podcast. I don't know, but yeah, it, it kind of allows you to bring in other content or maybe just specific content from the web. But I don't know how you're supposed to get the content into it. Don't how you do just you grab the URL and and enter that somewhere? It. There's no way ah, to put right. it. Okay. All that all there is is an option. Well, it just says sideloads, and then you go through and it says newest oldest. But there's no ad button. So that seems to be the list, yeah. Oh, so I don't know what's going on. Very all sort of same. But, you know, I do, again, it's one of those things, isn't it, where, you know, we're kind of getting into this world now, unfortunately, where even with apps, you're starting to see that, you know, there's no world where it will just be like this forever. You know, this is this is kind of where people, I guess, fall in love back again with things like Victor Readers and all this, because, you know, that world will remain constant all the way through. You know, yes. you could have that device for 10, 15 years. It's very but, true. Yes. But if you download an app and suddenly, you know, the company folds or, you know, the developer just moves on to something else and suddenly it starts to languish or features go away. You know, it's it's difficult, isn't it? You know, because you end up in this position where suddenly you've all the things you, oh, I love this. It's brilliant. Suddenly you can't use. So, yeah, maybe it won't be my app of choice for long if it's not going to do what I need it to do. Um well, give the developer, a, you know, a chance there. If you give him some feedback, you never know. You might hear back yeah. incredibly quickly and the change may happen. We're going to make a change. Um, looking at the, the man in the mirror. The of my life, yeah. Thank you. I was going to try and sing it, but... Uh, yeah, please don't. You don't like when I do that. No, absolutely. I don't think anyone does, Stephen. <laughs> it's not just me. Sorry. Sorry to let you know. Okay, fine. What a horrible way to end a weekend show. Ah, oh, glorious. Congratulations, Philip. Good luck on your TV appearance. Absolutely. Uh, You know, and uh, when you're rich and famous, remember us. Remember us. Yes, we'll have our hands out, obviously. (laughs) As we always should as blind people. I think that based on my experience with buses and coaches recently, maybe I should have them out a little bit more. Yeah, keep Um, your head in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Step back. Step back. Uh, Listen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for getting in touch. Monday, we're going to learn all about using the Seeing AI feature that everyone was talking about recently, of course, that indoor navigation feature. Oh, great. I still Um, haven't used it. Yeah. Well, listen, Gary got in touch with a great demo, so we're going to play that in on Monday's show. And some really interesting conversations coming up next week. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for all that. Double Tap is back next week. Keep your feedback coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. 1-877-803-4567. We'll catch you Monday. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.